0: From grain to glass, this show is dedicated to helping you make the best beer possible. So strap in and hold on to your mash tons. We're
1: Homebrew Bound.
0: Welcome to Homebrew Bound. I'm Casey. And I'm Miles. This is the best beer show on the internet.
1: According to our mothers.
0: right. Yeah, so we're back again, and we're talking about beer stuff. So, Myles, always, uh what beer stuff have you done this week?
1: Uh, the consumption thereof. And I had an interview with the newspaper.
0: You did have an interview with the newspaper. I
1: did have an interview with the newspaper. It was about the homebrew club. Uh, just kind of talking about how it's in town, and then uh, how I got into brewing, and how that kind of translated into getting a homebrew club uh, okay. put together. And, of course, as I had told you, I so shamelessly advertised Blind Ninja Studios and the podcast. Yeah, there and was
0: you. there was like a
1: half-sentence plug for us, which was fantastic. Absolutely. <laughs> so that that was pretty fun. Unfortunately, it was just over email because I've been too busy to actually meet with people in yeah. person. But uh, she did a very good job of re- of putting the article together. And Kim, uh, you've met Kim. Mm-hmm. Uh she was pictured there with uh, her hop vines and her husband, and picking fresh hops. Yep. And that was that was pretty cool. Yeah. So that was that was mostly it for me. Did you do much?
0: Oh, did I do much? Let's see. Uh, Other
1: than make me wish I was there. When right. I was uh, yesterday, I went
0: to I, I went to check out Oliphant, which is a uh, local brewery in Somerset, Wisconsin. I uh, went and checked out uh, their location for the first time. I've had a few of their beers, and yeah. I went and uh, they had twelve beers on tap. So I tried twelve different beers
1: yesterday. Uh, and oh, it boy. was it was it
0: was a good time. Did you uh, have a
1: small pint glass for a sample or a sampler?
0: Uh, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> uh, they they had like little like little tiny tulip glass okay. type of things, which was which is kind of cool. Uh, but yeah, no. Uh, cool location. Um, nifty names of stuff.
1: They're very uh. Uh, I guess esoteric.
0: I, yeah, esoteric is probably the right word. Uh, it's I don't know. It's interesting.
1: What What are some of the names? Because I don't know all they font very well.
0: Uh, they had. Oh, man, I'm trying to. You know, give me one second. Let me bring it up because I think that's going to be the easiest way for me to make sure I don't miss anything.
1: I was really bummed that I could not join you yesterday. Uh, my godson was turning five, and we were going to buy him all these presents that. Just didn't exist at the Mall of America somehow. <laughs> like we looked for five hours and couldn't find anything.
0: All right, so uh, I had Paint in the Town, which is a Belgian Brown uh, ale, which was which was pretty good. Uh, you don't par- like
1: Belgians? I don't.
0: I don't know. It was it was pretty good. Like it wasn't a bad like. <laughs> it's not something I would drink a lot of. Sure. But it was a solid example of a Belgian Brown, I guess. Fair enough. Uh, Party on Garth, uh, which was a black ale, which was okay. Uh, Land Eels vs. Sea Snakes, um, which was an amber hefeweizen. I I actually enjoyed that one quite a bit. That sounds Um, interesting. uh, Junbaka, which was a Maybach that was Chewbacca-themed.
1: Love it! Uh, I almost got a Chewbacca themed backpack that even had like the furry. That's hug. pretty cool. It was kind of cool.
0: Uh, Milkman Man Baby, uh, which is a milk stout with half of I or er, brewed with hef- half of Eisen yeast. Interesting. How was it? Good. I not there wasn't a bad beer in the bunch. There okay. really wasn't. Uh, they they were all solid. Um, a few of them. Uh, Milkman was one that I that I wanted to kind of go back and have some more, but there were another six beers to have after that one, so mm-hmm. I didn't get a chance. The difficulties uh, in yeah. life. Uh, brown Sugar Brown Brown, uh, which brown ale with uh, brown sugar. Seriously? Right, I know. Uh, the uh, Ennui uh, PA with Jarilo, which is a single hot pale ale. Uh, Aunt, Aunt Ray Cowpants. Pants, uh, which was <laughs> an imperial spiced red ale with curry, uh,
1: kaffir lime, and roasted ginger. It's it's funny. He's concentrating so hard on not messing up these names, and he probably is anyways.
0: Aunt Ray Cow Pants. It is four words. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and yet you struggle so hard.
0: Yes. I it's early, man. It's really not that early. I'm just being slow today. Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Roshi. Okay. <laughs> uh, Please tell me which it's made is a with double turtle. IPA. What is it made with? Turtle? No, no. Uh, and then Zool. which I don't actually I don't remember if I had that one. I did not have Zool. No, because they were they that one ran out before I had that one. Uh, so I had. Uh, a gruit called Groot love it, um, and then I don't remember what the other one was. oh uh, I think it was their sixty shilling.
1: oh, I think I've had sixty shilling. I liked that, okay
0: uh, uh yeah, those
1: as, were the... as far as the Gruet, what did you think of that? Yes, it no, was okay
0: so? it was i mean it was it was a gruit <laughs>
1: but... no i'm i'm i've I've only had i think two two or three gruets, and that's about how I feel about them too're they're gruets they're gruets, yeah not not quite my thing
0: but yeah, so i I did that um I also uh juiced a watermelon
1: ah yes how did that go boil for you this boiled time it down
0: mind? into a syrup did it
1: work yeah uh, uh, Did you do uh, the long slow boil
0: long long boil uh, okay. boiled for about two hours um reduced it from a gallon and a half to about three quarters of a gallon. Nice uh then I uh, pitched it the next day, and then I put peach in the other one and cubed some peaches and uh, I'm a little worried about the peach one because that uh that batch uh the lid blew off, and I didn't see it for a couple of days <laughs> oh, and God. so there's a very definite chance that it might be infected. It looked a little wonky, but I pitched the peach anyway, and I figured I'll see what it looks like at the end of the week. And... Do you know
1: do you know what Eric would say at this point? We're putting in Brett. <laughs>
0: yeah no, because that's dumb
1: <laughs>
0: it is uh if if you're going to sour a beer uh you need to start with a known quantity in my yeah. opinion yeah. you can't just oh, I fucked up now it's a sour beer no that's that's wrong <laughs> you're not allowed like you're allowed to do it, but you shouldn't because your sour beer is gonna be substandard. And yeah. you, just, you can't cover mistakes like that.
1: We, uh, you, you can. We've done it. It only works for about a week, maybe. Yeah, you you <laughs> can't just, do it. It falls apart really, yeah, really it fast. Was, yeah, but you, it's good for about a week.
0: <laughs> yeah, for about a week. <laughs> and that's about it.
1: Well, you can, you can kill five gallons in a week.
0: <sighs> I used to be able to. I don't know if I can <laughs> anymore, man.
1: It's because you're trying to be like healthier about life right yeah
0: trying not to you know get cirrhosis
1: (laughs) you know every once in a while i do like to drink water just to shock my liver
0: right (laughs) like what i don't have to do anything with this this is crazy (laughs) Uh, i also tasted the uh biliner to see how that was coming along nice uh and the 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 bugs are starting to take hold like it's it's just starting to make that turn
1: Oh, uh, it's the best part. Makes me happy. Yeah,
0: it it should be yeah. another couple of months, and I think we'll be there. Okay. Because it seems like it's going to be nice and slow. I think the next one I'm going to do, I'm going to do a more, uh, uh, like, just a bit of a faster lacto. uh, Just kind of a pure lacto bacillus, just to get that, uh, the more tartness. Instead. Yeah. Because Eric is, has this thing with Brett, and whatever. But I don't know if Brett really belongs in my Belinervice. Eric loves bread. I
1: don't
0: know. I don't think it belongs in
1: my Berliner vice. See, I would, I would entertain the idea of a bread-only Berliner.
0: No, see, I like the lacto-only because it gives it just that tart, refreshingness for the summer. I'm not
1: arguing against that. I'm saying I would entertain a bread-only Berliner because I think it would be very interesting.
0: Hmm. I don't know. I feel like you're getting too close to the saison territory. That's that's, entirely possible. Yeah, and that's kind of what mine. uh, That's kind of what it tasted like uh at as of this past week was it just tasted like a uh a saison almost i suppose and i'm like eh, i don't know about this so we'll see we'll see how it goes
1: all right all right
0: all right uh but yeah that's that's my beer stuff for this week
1: we're we're definitely getting there lots of beer
0: lots of beer so lots much of beer. beer
1: so i have a topic for today oh yeah yes it's something i've I've really always kind of wanted to try, but have never really been able to because I have a cat, and cats ruin things
0: you well, and they're the kind of the worst.
1: I like my cat, but I can't do this <laughs> no uh malting at home, have you ever considered doing that? No, why not?
0: seems like too much work for little to no reward,
1: fair enough. I I can see that. I pers- Okay, so knowing me, do you think I would do this?
0: Yeah, because you like doing a lot of work for little to no reward.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I should be offended or not. Uh
0: that's totally up to you. It's,
1: it's very patronizing, but I'll I'll take it because <laughs> in his few words, it's very true. <laughs> no, I I do like the experience of really getting my hands dirty and and really starting from ground zero when making something for myself. Mm-hmm. I I really do. So I'm like make my own equipment, you know, start from ground zero and work my way up from there. Uh so this would be an example of doing that with with barley. Uh so uh give me a short version of what malting would look like and what the purpose it accomplishes.
0: Uh, what malting would look like? Yeah, well, I mean,
1: just in the, the base steps, like two sentences worth.
0: Uh, so I guess the malting process is taking grain, allowing the, uh, the endosperm to start, or I guess, well, allowing it to essentially start to sprout and then killing it. So it's creating the sugars and then drying it out and kilning.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's pretty much what I was looking for. Uh, and why do we do all this?
0: Get the delicious sugars and stuff.
1: Which are otherwise unavailable. Yes. Yes, okay. Uh, so, basically, it makes it useful for brewing, because before that, it's not. Yes. Okay, so, uh, if you had to venture a guess, what sort of equipment do you think would be required for someone who is looking to do this at home?
0: Um, A flat uh, like area, like a lot of space. I know... Um, I've read articles and stuff of people who malt in like on their garage floor mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Um somewhere you can lay out the lay out the grain and get it slightly damp. Not wet. Slightly damp. So you can promote that uh indoor sperming. Yes.
1: Yes. Uh about the only other thing you'd need is well And an oven. And you do need an oven. Uh so I have listed here the the barley itself obviously, uh some plastic bags because you want the grain when it's spread out to be on on, plas- on a thing yeah, on a on a thing uh so then the the bag I have garbage bags listed here, but you can use any real sort of plastic sheet stuff
0: cling wrap all over the garage
1: absolutely floor. smart idea there uh a fan and a baking sheet, and then of course, as you put so aptly the oven ha <laughs> ha, so pretty much by the time you're brewing. You have everything you already need, pretty much, to Mm malt your own grain at home, uh, except maybe the unmalted barley. Yes. Specifically, unmalted, because if you just go and buy the stuff that you would use for brewing anyways, it's done for you, so that's not what you're looking for.
0: That is totally what I am looking for. Right?
1: I want it to be done. Well, I know you do, because (laughs) you are a cheapskate NFG. Uh, So, first things first... What is raw unmalted barley, and how do you get your hands on it?
0: Well, it's barley that hasn't been modified yet, like it's straight from, f- straight from the field, pretty much. Uh, and then, how do you get your hands on something? You talk to a farmer, I guess, or, um, or I guess a grain elevator of some sort.
1: Mm-hmm. You, uh, yes. Uh, so ra- raw unmalted barley is basically just barley seeds, fresh from the field. Mm-hmm. Barley seeds. Um, the, I the, suppose
0: if you really wanted to, you go thresh your
1: own. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so I I just got myself a whetstone and an anvil because I need to make my own scythe blade because that's you know, the that, way I do that, things. That
0: seems like the way you do things, Miles. <laughs> not going to lie. Uh,
1: but you may have to make several calls uh, in order to find a supplier for raw unmalted barley. Uh, I would say start with your local brew shop. Uh And do not get feed grade barley that's not what you're looking for. You want specifically brewers grade barley,
0: and I mean I like depending on where you're located, you could probably talk with Brees or something, yeah, and they might give you a deal on it. yep, they might look at you quizzically and be like, "Why <laughs> true uh, we'll just sell you this bag for forty bucks of grain that's already been malted or for I guess for 30 you could have the unmalted one.
1: Yeah. No that that's true. A lot of people will not really know what you're talking about directly because it is such a request that's far in be- or few and far between. Um but yeah, you talk to a couple of people, you should be able to get in contact with someone. Make sure you're explicitly asking for raw and unmalted barley. Uh some of the popular uh Sorry, some of the popular suppliers will be AC Metcalf, Conrad, Moravian, sixty nine, and Harrington. They make up like nine, some ninety six percent of the two row barley in the U.S. Okay. So, uh, after that, you should be able to already have all the earth. Excuse me. You should already have the rest of the equipment, and you can get started. So, step one. What do you think step one is?
0: Lay out your grain?
1: Steeping. Oh. No, actually, the laying out of the grain doesn't happen uh, for, like, another week at this point. Oh, okay. So, uh, steeping of the grain. So, the what is the purpose of steeping the grain, do you suspect? Get it wet? Get it wet, yes.
0: Hey, I got this.
1: <clears throat> so, uh, it takes the dry inert seed, and it has to start to grow, and that's what unlocks the starch and or Excuse me, the enzymes and start matrix. Uh, so, you would start by taking your bucket, uh, fill it with all of your grain, and then you're going to fill it with the bucket of or ex- fill it with water, and you're going to more or less rinse the grains this way. Uh, so, you're just going to kind of turn it, okay, drain off the water, put some more in, swirl it around again, drain off the you know, yep. do that a couple of times, just kind of get all the sand and dirt, whatever Makes sense. It might be in. Uh, but then You know, when you're done with that, you're actually just going to let it sit in your bucket full of water for eight straight hours. Oh, okay. So it, uh, and the reason it takes so long is because the hard, dry kernel, the shell, is very impermeable to water. So it's going to take a long time for this, for the water to actually get into the seed for anything to start happening. Okay. And so it doesn't actually take one set of eight hours. For the water steeping, guess how long it takes. Or guess how many times it takes. Three. Three, yes.
0: Yeah, and I got that <clears throat> not because you held up three fingers.
1: Because I was, yeah, I was... <laughs> no, I, so it it does take three, and you have to do something in between each set of steeping. Take a guess.
0: Dry it out so it doesn't get moldy?
1: Exactly that. Hey! Yeah, no, I mean that's that's exactly it, because uh, what happens is after about eight hours, the grain still needs access to oxygen, more so than what is available in the water. So you you dump out all the water, uh, letting it you know more or less dry itself off for mm-hmm. eight hours to have access to the atmosphere, and uh, that actually is eight hours itself as well. That doesn't take only eight hours. But it should take at least, or excuse me, it shouldn't take only, it should take at least. Oh, okay. So, like, the water can't be more than eight hours, and it should be at least eight hours sort of thing. Uh, you can let it sit open for for a variable amount of time. So, an example would be, you know, let it sit, or let it sit in the water, let it dry off, go to bed, wake up, and repeat. Okay. So, uh, usually you take this a, a day at a time sort of schedule. So, see. Oh, take a guess at what temperature this would ideally be.
0: Uh, I don't know, like 100 degrees? No. Lower? Lower. I, uh,
1: like Half that. Oh, 50 degrees? 50 to 60 degrees, yes. Uh, because all you're looking to do is get the water in there for the time being, and the lower temperature helps to prevent the bacterial growth. Oh, okay. So that's a thing.
0: Uh, I did a quick look up because I was curious. Uh, untreated bag for or fifty pound sack of uh, barley seed. What do you think?
1: Untreated fifty pound bag, twenty five bucks. Thirty. Very close. Yeah, uh, I I didn't get any actual numbers in in my research, but I did see that it was just really cheap by comparison.
0: I don't know. Cause the last sack of grain I bought was forty for two row.
1: I suppose. Well, is, well I mean, I suppose, yeah. Uh, normally, you would be looking at like a dollar eighty nine a pound. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, unless, unless you are um, buying um, in bulk.
0: unless you buy in bulk.
1: Yeah. Uh, so I, I neglected to mention, but uh, for this example, we're talking about fifteen pounds of grain going into your plastic bucket. Okay.
0: So, so, well, I just I. I don't know. I'm trying to figure out why you would want to do this versus purchasing it. I, it's, I, it's just a foreign concept to me, almost, um, of wanting to put this ridiculous amount of work into uh, malting your own grain. Which, I mean, cool as, a, as an experiment to try once or twice, but I don't know if this would be a sustainable way to brew.
1: Like, I mean, I mean, you could do it, yeah. but why? Why not? It's an experience. It's really getting your hands dirty. For me, it's all just with the experimenting. Uh, you can grow your own grain at this point.
0: I guess, I For- I, I feel like your consistency is going to be out the window. Uh, your your flavor consistency and all that. It's possible. Uh, just, just because you, I don't know, I'm...
1: You, but you always like to take the easy way.
0: I know. It? This isn't even just taking the easy way. This is taking the way that every professional brewer, like, there. there's no professional brewers out there that are malting their own grain for consistency reasons and for time reasons where it's cheap enough to just buy malted grain.
1: <laughs> so, I don't know. I mean, I guess I'd have a difficult time coming up with a legitimate reason, you know, but then... Like, why spend so much time when you can just go and buy beer?
0: Because when you're making your own recipes of, with beer and stuff like that, you're creating unique flavors that are replicatable on larger scales, in theory. Yeah. Uh, and you're using known quantities. When you're malting your own grain, it's it's like you're adding unnecessarily or unnecessary complex complexity to your to your process.
1: Sure. Why not?
0: I don't know. I it's 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 baffling to me why you would want to do this.
1: I would do it just for the experience. Yeah. No, I
0: well, and, and I, <laughs> I I get doing it once, but is this something that you like? Say you did it once, would you consistently want to keep doing this, or would you go back and almost immediately to doing your own or buying already malted grain?
1: I don't know. So I mean. You, you, you're talking about, like, an unnecess- or, like, unnecessary complexity, and, I mean, technically, yes, it's more work that will give an end result with more variability, but... I mean, because yeah, ev-
0: every, everything else uh, we, I mean, we talk about and we do for brewing is to make the final product better. Okay. Um, and I don't necessarily know that melting your own grain is going to improve that final product. Well, it, it, that I mean that that's the end goal with with everything we talk about and do on on you know on this show and all of our others is to make our final product better, okay. right? Sure. Why not? Um, and so I I guess I and I'm not knocking mal- malting your own grain. I'm just I'm just trying to figure out why.
1: How about I come back with you or to you with a good answer yeah. next week? Okay. So I mean, I, I I don't know. I don't have a good answer for you right now.
0: That's that's fine, and it it's more of just a like a, a question to put out there. And if any of the listeners that you guys you guys know or have have an idea as to why or or how this would help make your final product better, I'm all ears, and I would love to hear
1: it. Well, it's just as it stands. It, it's not always about making it better. It can also be about just making it your own. So, I mean, granted, this is half a step removed from what is already making it your own as far as, you know, starting with just grains. But now, I mean, at this point, you can literally start with your own garden in the backyard and turn it into beer without any middleman. Because you can grow your own hops, I mean... Technically, you could get your own yeast if you really wanted. <laughs> I don't know how you would do that. That that would be an episode for another time. But, you know, hops, water, yeast, you can get, or excuse me, hops, water, and grain, you can do that
0: all well, in the Well, why, why stop there? We should be taking uh, hydrogen and oxygen and mixing them together and making our own water.
1: See, now you're just turning <laughs> it into a joke. <laughs>
0: I know, I know, I'm, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm hyperbolizing just a little bit here, but it's, I don't know. To me, it seems that there there's so much variety out there with known quantities in your grain already. Sure. That why would you want to insert another potential spot of failure in your brew process?
1: It would be very easy to figure it out if you're failing or not. I mean one of the one of the things I found out in this process is that it's honestly not that difficult. It just takes a while. Mm-hmm. But you homebrew, you're used to things taking a while. Yeah, I guess. So, I mean, this whole process could take upwards to two weeks, which, yes, is is a while, but you can have beers that take upwards to six months. Mm-hmm. What's another two weeks in addition to six months if you're making your own stuff? I don't know. Ooh. So I mean, it's like at this point, consider what you've done. You've filled some grain with water, and ideally, you can, you just put it in a bottle and bucket. So you turn the spigot to to drain it, mm-hmm. and then you put some more water in. So that's not difficult, and this that's a little bit of work over a couple of days. Uh, the following step is basically drain it really well, let it sit for a while, and then dump it on a plastic bag. That's step number two. Mm -hmm. And then the final step is, oh, twice a day, spend two and a half minutes turning it like you would soil and then let it dry out. So it's time taking and you can look at the kernels following the growth of the endosperm to find out when it's fully modified. And then it's just a matter of drying it. And then you have brewer's grade home brewing barley.
0: I don't know. I'm not convinced.
1: Like, okay, so, again, it's just another way to make it your own. And, yeah, you may have a little extra variability in the flavor, but not in quality. Okay. Do you have an argument versus that?
0: No, I didn't say (laughs) it. I'm waiting for the next part, Miles.
1: Oh, fine. Okay, so, uh, the next part in that case would be germination and modification. Uh, so this is after you've gone through the several days of soaking it and letting it aerate, and the the end goal of that was to bring up the moisture to about 45% as opposed to, like, you know, the 5 that it started at. Mm-hmm. Um, it is very important to make sure the grains have dried. Excuse me. See? see. Uh, so after the final... After the final soaking, allow the grains to sit for several hours. You really, really want the water to drain out well. Then you lay out your plastic and spread the grains across them. Uh, It is very important to make sure your grains dry very well. Can you guess why? Mold? Yes. Mold again. Now, uh, if I were to tell you that you don't want your pile to exceed 6 inches in any spot, can you guess why?
0: Uh, I guess the evenness of like you know I mean, if you have everything bundled up, the stuff in the middle isn't going to dry well, nearly I mean, as well as.
1: Well, I'm saying it's like, uh, you would want a larger area of, you know, let's just say two inches even out instead of a smaller one like nine inches deep.
0: I mean that. I mean that makes sense. Like if you have, like if you have something like nine inches deep, the first couple of inches are going to dry, and the rest is just going to rot in the middle.
1: Yes. Yes. Well, you're right. I guess the answer I was looking for is that uh, it creates its own heat in the process. Oh, okay. And that's what will allow for the bacterial growth, which is bad. That ends up to the mold that you're talking about. So, ultimately, you just want to keep or be able to control an even more low temperature. Okay. So, uh, let's see. And then at this point... You wait, you wait a day, and in the morning you'll see it start to grow. Just tiny little shoots poking out. Guess what it's called at this at this point? What's it called? Chick malt.
0: Your chick malt. I don't know what that means.
1: <laughs> chick malt <laughs> is barley at this stage. Okay. In the, yeah. no, I mean, that's just what they call it. it
0: any any reason? It, like, do chickens like it at this point, or
1: I don't think it has any reference to chickens. I think they just call it chick malt. Okay, I, I'm not entirely sure why. Maybe it has something to do with how it sounds when you like jostle it or something. Okay, I I don't know. Uh, let's see. Again, we're looking to keep it at about sixty degrees in general. You know, like high fifties, low sixties. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, to prevent bacterial growth and How do we know when we are done with this stage of the process?
0: That is a good question.
1: I'll give you a hint. I already kind of said it. Sorry. I guess uh, I should be more explicit. So I said the next morning you'll see that it starts to grow. Um, You're going to spend a couple minutes, a couple times a day, and you're just going to kind of turn it so that you can kind of, you know, keep everything rotating. Uh, Like you said, the top gets drier faster than the bottom, and so you want to kind of keep this rotation going so that everything can dry at an even rate. Okay. So, um, da, 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 da. how do you know when you're done with this stage? I, it's
0: sprouted all through, and it's dry, and I don't know.
1: Well, you're not entirely wrong. Uh, the endosperm is what's going to give it away for you. Uh, if you look at the individual kernels uh, throughout the process, you'll notice a bulge that starts at one end and kind of start or moves up the side of the shell and it indicates how, how far it's being modified. Okay. And so when that bulge makes its way to about 75 to a hundred percent of the length of the seed shell, you're done hmm. and that's it. And if you've done a good enough job turning and keeping everything mixed, you should notice that more or less all of them are going to look the same. Okay. And then this is when you're actually looking to go with the, drying process, okay, so now, given the equipment listed above, how do you propose we would do that?
0: I don't remember what the equipment listed above was.
1: I'll give you a hint there was a fan
0: oh use an oven no no oh, no no oh you just, oh then just fan i guess blow air
1: over it and <laughs> dry it out yes, yep yep um so you want to spread it out real thin at this point and then use the fan to blow over it and this will take in about four or five more days okay. Uh, This brings the moisture level from 10%, you know, 10 to 12, to about 3 to 5%. So over the course, it started at like 3 to 5, ramped up to almost 50%, and then we brought it all the way back down. Okay. And there's a special name for what this type of grain is called. Can you tell me? Malt? Wind malt. Okay. And in fact, wind malt for a long time is what they used for making wit beers. Yeah. So that's a thing. You can make wind malt beers, All right, which is something you can't really do unless you do it yourself. Okay. Um, then you know, and then you would kiln it using the oven that you have wanted us to skip skip steps to get to since the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and you would just just you know, bake it. Yeah, pretty much. You you take your cooking sheet. Uh, spread a thin layer, cook it for a couple of hours at 195 to get Pilsner malt. And then for Casey, uh, you would cook it at 210 instead for a British-style pale malt. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Uh, there would be one last relatively easy thing to do at this point. Can you venture a guess as to what it is? Go to the store and buy a sack of grain. No! <laughs> no! Because at this point, you already have grain.
0: Uh, I guess it would be... B. I honestly have no idea.
1: The rootlets are all still attached to the grain. Okay. So when during the process, the seeds actually start to grow and, you, and little rootlets uh, shoot out from one end. And during the drying process, they have all become extremely dry and very, very brittle. So it's easy to separate the rootlets, from the actual grain, and you would do this by just dumping everything in a bucket, stirring it with a big spoon, and it just naturally all breaks off. Oh, okay. Yeah. Now, how do you separate them?
0: A strainer. No. By hand.
1: One by one. That sounds terrible. That is, because that's not how you do it. Okay. No, uh, they said the easiest way to do it is to, again, set up your fan in front of two buckets, and then you just pour them one into another, and the fan blows the rootlets out. While Sounds messy. I, I do it outside. Mm.
0: You know the way, I like the way you think, Miles.
1: <laughs> so, I mean, at no point does anyone step of this very hard. It just takes a long
0: time. It's just time
1: consuming. Yeah, but so is brewing in and of itself. So mm.
0: I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, but see, at the end of brewing, you have beer. At the end of this, you have ingredients
1: Grain. for beer.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I could have I could I could be 2 weeks into a beer at this point.
1: <laughs> I suppose. Or you could have done this 2 weeks ago and now you're 2 weeks into a beer.
0: Nah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Is that it?
1: Yeah, that I mean at that point you have brewing malt um It'll last for months and months. So this is, at this point, it's high quality brewing grain.
0: Awesome. Yeah. Very cool. Well, guys, uh, if you can think of any reason why you would want to do that, please, <laughs> <laughs> please let me know. I'm genuinely curious. If anybody does, uh, or if does anybody it, has, yeah, yeah, and give me, uh, give me your reasoning why. Because again, just, just uh, curious. Because it's not—it's definitely not something I personally would do. I know Miles would do it because experience. Well, now,
1: and. now that I'm thinking about it, I think it would be really easy to do it uh, on the one-gallon batch scale. I just use two pounds ish.
0: Yeah. Nope. Not worth it. Uh. <laughs> uh but yeah uh if you have any uh questions comments show ideas or what have you go ahead and shoot us an email at feedback at blindstudios.com or you can find us on facebook at facebook.com slash or you can follow us on twitter at blind underscore ninja if you'd like to support us head on over to patreon.com slash or click on the become a patron link at the bottom of our homepage. or uh if you're gonna do any amazon shopping uh head on over to blindstudios.com and click on our amazon affiliate link at the bottom of the page do your amazon shopping as normal And we get a bit of a kickback from Amazon. All right, guys. Well, I think that about wraps it up. So make sure you tune in next week, and we'll have another exciting topic. So, yeah, I'll see you guys next
1: week. I'll make sure this one's controversial, too.